0: I'm continuing on in uh, the book of Revelation, in chapter, uh, chapter two, still, I'm looking at these churches, these lights, um, and the way that God is trying to maintain the church's light uh, in the world around us, and going back to um, kind of our first message that we talked about, we talked about this, this picture of Christ, and, and, and this elaborate picture uh, all these different attributes. And sometimes I have to correct myself. And if you if you catch me saying it, just understand that you know what I mean, uh, because I, I, I'm constantly saying it. it's from John. It's not from John. John just was the dictator. Uh, he, he took dictation. Right? These are messages from Christ. As we said, we know that because John took out his red ink and, uh, and he wrote that in red ink there. So we, we could know that. No, we, we know that because uh the, the pictures, if you look at all of these pictures, uh, as he looks and, and talks to each one, I'm not sure if you noticed it. I I I hadn't really before. Uh I probably studied it and, and was told and, and and forgot you know some of the stuff from classes. I've probably forgotten more than I've retained, but uh that that in all of those pictures that that we looked at in the very first sermon uh he looks at each church gets a different aspect of that we talked about how this this sermon uh, this this uh, letter is being distributed to all these different churches and they're all copying it down and everything we talked we're not going to uh, go through that again but if you notice that that as each as it comes to each one the message is a little bit different uh, to to the church uh to the church in in one area he's he's presented as as the one bearing the sword. well, that was one of those first pictures and and to the one we're going to talk about today he was presented as the uh, that we talked about that high priest with the brass feet going into the and, and 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 that's the picture used there uh to the one we're going to talk about today and and, and throughout all of these things and it's interesting because each congregation kind of needs a little attrib- different attribute of God I mean, we know that Christ is Christ and God is god and and he is who he is. He doesn't change, but th- he's multifaceted, right? There's, there's a lot of different things, and sometimes you need a little different aspect. Sometimes God says, you might need my mercy side today. And then someone might need his a little bit more of the, the stern side. And, and God knows. And, and so these pictures, as we look through them, he appears differently to each one. So we're going to start in verse 18, chapter 2, verse 18. He says to the angel of the church of Thyatira, write these things. He says, this is what the Son of God says, who has uh, eyes like flame of fire and his feet are like fine brass. I know your works, your love, your service, your faith, and your patience. As for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. Because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality, To eat things sacrificed to idols, and I gave her a little time to repent of this immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds, I will kill her children with death. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches the mind and hearts, and I will give you each one according to your works. Now to you I say, and the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not known this teaching... Who have not known the depths of Satan as they say, I will put on you or as they say, I will know I will put on you no other burden but to hold fast what you you have until I come, He who overcomes and keeps my works until the end to him, I will give power over the nations, and he will rule them like a rod of iron, they will be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessel. I have also received from my Father, and I will give him the morning star, he who has an ear. To hear, Let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. We're not going to get through all these pictures. This is a a longer lesson here. The one church got four verses for them. Um, But he is the one with the burning eyes. That's an interesting picture. He presents himself as one with burning eyes. I see what's going on. Kind of the idea here. I know everything that's going on. This is not John writing this. This is Christ saying this. He has feet of brass. He's a priest. He's holy, but, but he's firm. Christ is saying, I, when I say the things I have to say to you, I mean what I say, and I'm, I'm not going I'm not, I'm not to change. God doesn't change with the times. My feet are pretty firm when I establish something. Now, I want, I want to begin by, by saying, what is not to like in this congregation? I mean, if we had verse 19... And that's where it ended. If, if you said, if, you, if I just said, we, we haven't even read this yet. And I said, d- describe the perfect church. I mean, describe if, if you had to be forced to move somewhere. And you said, I, I, you can pick out the church. And, and you said, I want an ideal church. Uh, one guy uh, in, in our, in our uh, Bible college, uh, one of our professors, he said, he was talking about a, a guy that he called on and he's, said, well, I don't go to church because they're hypocrites there. He says, well, when you do find the perfect church, don't join it because you'll ruin it. (laughs) Humans ruin anything perfect. That's what we do. But, But if you could define the ideal church, wouldn't it be verse 19? I know your works, your love, your service of faith, your patience, and as it relates to your works, the later ones, They're better than than they were at the beginning. I mean, what's wrong with this church? This is the church I would design myself. This is a church that I would love to be a part of if I didn't ruin it. They have developed a good reputation. The one who has eyes of fire and, and looks through the world, he knows this good reputation. This is your works. They were an active church. This is not a, a church that was content to meet and go home. They were an active church. He says, I know your works. Now, I don't know what their works were. Were they benevolent? Uh, were they? I, don't, I have no idea what they were. There's so many questions in here. But it's not just that they were active. They were doing more. They were doing more. And more. That, that's noble. Were they just moral works? Were they benevolent? Was it, were they adding? I don't know what they were adding. But every society, every community has a way that uh, the church can connect, and they were figuring that out. This is where I'm going to stop and, and put in an advertisement here. Uh, we are coming up on uh, March, uh, and we haven't done what we typically did in o- October because of the situation we've been in, which is to do a calendar meeting. We haven't had one of those. We're going to do that in March at some point in time um, and, uh, and try to get back on the track of, of doing some works. Right? That's, this, that's a noble thing. We need to have some works. Um, and, and uh, I'll probably be sending out an email here shortly. One of the things that we have done in the past, we have a lot of new faces and, and people that probably have don't know uh, some of the ministries that we were involved in uh, prior to. We've done pri- uh, Family Promise. Just to, Again, this is just an advertisement. Some of you have no idea what I'm even talking about. Uh, we don't know if we're going to continue that or if we're going to pick something else, but whatever we do, that's something that we need to discuss as a congregation, so look for that. But we do need to do works. It's important that we look for a way that the church interacts in the community, and this church was doing it, and they were getting better at it. That's incredible. That's good. He said, but he doesn't stop there. He says, I know, I know your love. Now, the King James always uses the word charity for love, if you have that. and uh, It focuses on the works part of love. We think of love as the emotion, and it's really kind of the combination. It's an active, agape is an active, self-sacrificing type of a love. Not simply an emotion, but more than just writing a check to charity, if you think of it that way. He knows their love. He knows their service. And I know some of these sound repetitive, but they're not really. They're showing different aspects. You can do things and be active and do works without really having service. Service suggests a humility. Service suggests doing stuff that's unpleasant, right? Writing checks is easy. Maybe easier for some. (laughs) But but you're disconnected from the things that you're doing when we when we pick the things that we like to pick as a congregation we like to pick things that we're we're actively involved with people's lives that not just i mean some things you can't be if you're doing something overseas it's very difficult to get personally involved but but in our own community we we try to look at ways to interact and and some of those things are humbling some of those things might cause us to think i'm a little bit You know, below, I'm interacting with people below me. That's easy to think that way. Service doesn't really offer me notoriety. I heard of a a preacher. Um, It was a preacher in the my wife's church. I probably told you this uh, this anecdote, but the guy. Young guy was, I want to be a preacher. Came up to him and this and old, older gentleman, and he says, Well, that's great, that's great. He was always, Rodney Raymond, he was always really excitable guy. He was a short, Irish, fiery, fiery guy. He said, oh, that's great. that's great, that's great, that's great. Grabs the kidney, comes, come, 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 come with me, takes him downstairs and hands him a toilet brush. And he says, This is where you start. Because <laughs> we think, Oh, I want the, the good. The great things, but but he taught him a lesson. You really want this? This is this is a a life where you deal with things that you might not want to deal with. You deal with personal problems and you you deal with things that aren't always the type of thing you want to get into. And he says, I know your faith. And again, faith is a big word. It can mean a lot of things. It can mean um we, we think of faith as uh, your confidence and in, in, in reliance on God, but it can mean a lot of other things. It can mean a, a man of faith. Uh, it can refer to your confidence in your doctrine, like a person's faith. Uh, it can re- refer to a person's public religious life, right? uh, in terms of faithfulness can refer to a lot of things, but whatever it refers to, God, this, the Christ, this picture of this, this one with burning eyes, the one who sees everything, was was complimenting them on their faith and their patience. And again, we think of patience as waiting. I, I think. Uh, we in the culture we live in we've dumbed down the the the, the definition because we need a definition for this word this word and and we live in a world that doesn't have all the things that they had to live through we don't live in a world where we were we're, we're waiting during church service for for people to break into our house and take us captive we don't we don't live in that world right not yet they did We don't live in the the types of persecution that that they... We don't live in the poverty that they lived in. So we think of patience as, you know, waiting. You you know, waiting. I'm just waiting. (laughs) I've got to wait. Oh, I can't wait. And, And that's pretty much as patience goes to us. Oh, I can't wait till this happens. You know, I'm in an office and... I mean, we get impatient, you know, waiting for our microwave, don't you? So you think about the, think about the irony of that, that. here's the thing that's designed to to speed up the process of life by ten times. What it would take It's like, I make a baked potato. I, I if I want a baked potato, I throw it in the microwave, and I've got it in five minutes. Right? I don't have to wait like forty five minutes for a baked potato, and I'm impatient. At, like. Three, three minutes and 30 seconds. I'm like, ah. And, and this is what we think patience is. If we can make it to five minutes without getting upset, that's patience. We have such a wrong view of patience. Patience involved suffering. In fact, one of the words for patience is long-suffering. That's what it means, long-suffering. A vision to see the end of something. It, it might have not even. He might not even be referencing their own personal struggles. Sometimes that's that's patience. But if you've ever worked with someone and you, you're trying to get them to a point and it's getting frustrating, and you're trying to see the end of something or a project that you know is going to take a long time and it takes a lot of effort, it could be that. I, I don't know. What he's referring to, but they had it and it was notable. I mean, isn't this the ideal church? This is an ideal church and it's getting better. They're getting more patient, they're getting more loving, they're getting more active, they're getting more faithful, they're getting more serving. So, what could be wrong? So, what could possibly be wrong? Well, there is always room for improvement, first of all. God could have said, you know, you... Forget it. Verse 19, you've got this mostly under control. Just carry on. But he doesn't. Now imagine, we talked about this, you're, you're, uh, you're, 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 you're now, what, fourth in line or third in line here for this uh, fourth in line to get this letter, so you're reading through, and you read Ephesus, you're like ooh, they got like a C minus, right? Smart eh, Smyrna, they're the A student, uh, you know. Like you're reading the grades, so like like the when they get post the grades, remember they posted the grades of your finals, you know, and you're like looking down for yours, you're looking past everybody else's grade, you know, like oh no, Pergamus, ooh, they got like an F minus. And you're thinking, okay, well, I'm next, I'm next. And you read verse 19, and you're like, woohoo. And then you read the rest of the letter. Ooh, wow. We got some stuff to handle. And that's this church. There's a woman here, the woman Jezebel. Now, I don't think that her name was Jezebel, just to be clear. Who was she? He addresses her as Jezebel. I don't know if she had taken the name Jezebel or if that's just what he refers to her as. But she's at least a in spirit. She calls herself a prophetess. I'm going to talk about that in just a second here, but. could be one of several women? Maybe she's a woman in the community. Some local congregation of some sort that's doing some weird things. We talked about that. I know that you live where Satan's thrown in. That was the, the throne is that was Pergamos. And, and the pagans had this temple. And some of the same stuff is going on. Remember, this is the next church right after that. So it's not too far lo- distant from, from the influences of that society. Maybe. I don't know. But it could be a woman in the church. And I think that's a little bit more natural to, to assume based on a couple of things. She calls herself a prophetess. And that was a Hebrew thing. Anna and um, Deborah were called prophetesses. Uh, typically, the pagans referred to the women that were in their temples as priestesses. That was a, a typical way that they would refer to them. This woman refers to herself as a prophetess, and that's interesting. That's a more of a Judeo-Christian kind of address. And she is identified as a Je- Jezebel. Was a, a Hebrew woman, and she wasn't Jewish. That's just Judah. Uh, which would be in the south. She was in the in the northern part of Israel, but she was an Israelite that caused people to go astray. Right. So, uh, so there's this interesting. There's this interest, She's she's not really a Christian, but she's somehow connected to the Christian community. She's allowed, she's tolerated. And I find that interesting. She's tolerated. And what is their sin? That is their sin. And this is how it starts popular. Maybe she's popular. Maybe she's rich. Maybe she's married to an influential person in the church, and no one wants to step on toes. Maybe she's attractive. I, I don't know how she got tolerated. But somehow she got an in. And no one ever decided to fix the problem. We just let it go. And We talked about this kind of last week, how, how things slowly come in. Now, in the church age, we never read of the word prophetesses. We have uh, some daughters in the book of Acts. They're daughters of uh, Philip who prophesied. But they're never called prophetesses. That's interesting. Never hold holding a title. I think that is important. And that's, I don't want to get off on that topic. But she took this title to herself. and 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 here, Christ is clear. I almost did it. I almost said John. Christ identifies that she calls herself this. God never called this of her. She never had this position. She was never given this position. She calls herself this. I think that's an important distinction to make. Christ did not endorse this woman is having this position. But I want to get back to the idea of tolerance. And sometimes it happens that our strengths are our weaknesses. And I think this church has a strength that is a weakness. And that is their patience. Their patience. Well, maybe if we just don't say anything, she'll eventually go away. (laughs) You ever hope that you ever had a car that started making a noise and you hope that it goes away? What happens to the noise? It turns into a pricey bill is what happens. I can tell you that from experience. Oh, I think it went away. It might have. It's coming back. And I think that's what's going on here. And maybe they cared genuinely about her, their love. And God says, he reminds them, listen, I've got some heavy feet. And I don't move. And this is one of the things you need to learn from me. You need to learn some resolve. It's, it's the one character trait you're missing. The light of resolve. God is not against tolerance. Just so long as it's done the right way. There's a, a way to be tolerant and there's a way not to be tolerant. To be tolerant of sin is the wrong way. We can, we can put up with people while we're, we're moving them in the right direction. And we understand that people make mistakes. And when it's a, a personal, it affects me personally. Maybe someone's rude or, or maybe that type of tolerance. That's okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suffer it and I'm going to be patient and I'm going to get through it. And we'll be okay because I know they're dealing with something. That's, that's one type of tolerance. That's okay. But when, when it involves sin and when it involves people changing things in the church, and shifting things away, God says, "No, I am. I'm the man with brass feet. I don't. I don't move. I'm the priest in the temple, trying to keep this thing holy, and I don't move. We have to learn resolve." Get into this punishment. And, and there's a lot of things again, like, I don't know what it means. He says, I'm gonna kill her with death. I mean, you ever, ever you said that when you were a kid? You know, I'm gonna kill you to death. You know? <laughs> wow, that's but I want to look at this because God is merciful. And, and he explains his mercy. He says, I gave her some time to repent, I was patient with her. Patience is okay. I gave her, I warned her. I gave her a chance to repent. And I'm going to kill her to death. And her kids. And I don't know if that meant her actual kids or, or if he's talking about like the, the people that were following her in the church. I, I don't know. But it, that's not the end. He says, unless she repents. He says, still. I'm not moving. This is what I require, but I am patient. Boy, what incredible patience he shows. Not tolerance for her deeds, but patience. And they have to learn the right way to be patient, the right way to be loving, and the right way to be faithful. And so his punishment is with, not without vision. Some people, sometimes they get onto the punishment side of things and, and, and they're on the punishment side of things. And that's what the the book of of Second of Corinthians is about, or part of it. They had tolerated something in First Corinthians, and then when they started punishing, boy, they didn't even give up when the person repented. So he had to write another letter. But the message has to be clear. The guy I knew. Um, went to. Um, Belarus, did a mission trip there, and he was telling me a story about uh, preaching a sermon. And, uh, and so he's got a translator there, and, uh, and so he's talking about uh, this, this symbol of, of people being like sheep. And, um, and, and as he's using this metaphor, and he keeps, he keeps on talking about and going, referring to this metaphor, what people and how people are like sheep, he's looking at the audience, and he's like, as it's being translated, they're getting more and more confused, and they're looking at him, and he's, he knows there's a disconnect, so he stops, and he says, please tell me what you are saying to these people, to the transcendent. He's like, big sheep, cross ocean. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 not ship. sheep, sheep. <laughs> like, you know, the message has to be clear. Right? The message has to be clear, otherwise it's not getting through what you want to teach You have to present what God wants to a community around you. Otherwise, all the love and all the patience means nothing. All those positive attributes that we go, this is the ideal church. Can we just be this church? It all means nothing if they don't have this one attribute that they're missing. This is why it's important that God doesn't say, well, you're 90% of the way there. You're 99 and 44 100s. Right, That means nothing to God if the picture isn't clear. This is why he's maintaining this light. They have to have the light of resolve not to allow the wrong message to be sent. And they're allowing the wrong message to be sent to the community based on whatever portion or segment of this one church is, is sending the wrong message. The rest of them can be the ideal church. But there's this one segment that is sending a mixed message to the, to the community. This week, Max Lucado. Know who Max Lucado is? You probably already know the news story, don't you? He apologized for a sermon or a letter or something in 2004 and kind of apologized for his position on homosexuality. Church Christ preacher. Famous. Probably read his books. Great writer. What picture are we sending? What clarity? Maybe he's trying to be kind to a group of people that he sees need mercy maybe he his heart is in the right place i'm not going to judge his heart that's not for me but he's sending a mixed message and he's sending a message that can't help anybody if the goal is to help someone you can't do so by minimizing the problem that people have in their lives we live in a world that is pushing towards paganism as fast as they can. And there are so many churches that are justifying themselves by the fact that they are three steps behind them. And so we're still good by comparison. Gus says, no, I don't move. These feet stay where they're at. And they don't move. Interesting. He says. to The one who overcomes and keeps my works till the end to him, I'll give power over the nations. I don't know what he's talking about there. Unless he's talking about the survival of, of Christianity, which he's going to go into in the book of Revelation as, as empires fall and as, as all these things. Which were thought of as so amazing at this time you'll rule with a rod of iron. Christianity is going to survive. Christianity is going to be the dominant force in the world. But you're only going to get a taste of that if you stand fast like me. You'll rule with a rod of iron, not tyranny. That was what the Roman Empire was famous for. But it is a reference to being unbreakable. It's a reference to this steadfast metal of resolve. You're unbreakable. If you develop this one character trait, that was what they needed, one character trait. It's the only thing he addresses. I'm not saying that there weren't people with more flaws than that, but Churches that have learned to tolerate will be broken. When the difficult time comes, and it may be coming to whatever degree, churches that have learned weakness will be broken. You talk about fear, Cam. There's a lot of scary things. And there's a lot of things to be afraid of. I'm not saying that we should be afraid of them, but there are a lot of things to be afraid of. And the only thing that is going to overcome that is resolve. I want to conclude with a thought Maybe I'm taking this out of context. <clears throat> I'm definitely taking it out of context. But there's a different application I want to get. Paul says, Paul says, one thing I do, forgetting those things which lie behind, I'm looking ahead. Now we can talk about the things that he stopped looking back, his history, his family pride, his great advantages that he had as a a Pharisee, and all these different things that he had, his lineage. He forgot all that. He said, it's like rubbish to me. But we also need to look past our past successes and and look towards the next step. That's what this church had done to some degree. Their works had gotten better. They didn't say, well, we're satisfied with the level of works we have. We're satisfied with the level of love we have. We're satisfied with it's getting better. This church, they just need to improve in one area. And that's the the thing I want to leave us This week, and moving forward, let's forget what lies behind. Let's not be happy with where we're at. We can compare ourselves very favorably to this congregation in many ways. In Thyatira. There have been things that, similar to this church, this congregation specifically has resisted. Movements that almost started let 's forget things that have lied behind. Go ahead It's not a it 's not an insult of a church to say there 's a small area where we can prove right that's that 's the the lesson. Really, of verse 19, this church had so much going for it. This is one thing let's resolve. Forget those things which lie behind. And when that happens, we will be prepared for whatever is coming in the next year or two years or three.